lucha-masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you, in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to lucha-masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha Legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution Luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network, and now, Lucha Central Weekly. Welcome to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that all of the latest happenings in the world of Lucha Libre. Each week, our team discusses news and events from the past week, and we also preview what's to come ahead. Try and cover news from AAA, CMLL, and top Mexico-based independent wrestling promotions, along with Luchador-related news from WWE, AEW, MLW, Ring of Honor, Impact wrestling and more the lucha central weekly podcast is part of the lucha podcast network on world.com podcast and others are available on lucha.com and all major podcast platforms including itunes spotify pod speaker iHeartRadio, all of that good stuff my name is Miranda Morales. I am one of the of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. And, of course, I said we're part of a team. Teamwork. No, I is an I in Miranda. Um, so I'm not sure what that all means. But that, besides the point, that's really besides the point. Uh, I have two fabulous co-hosts uh, on this podcast. Let's first bring in is the dashing one, Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how are you doing? I'm doing marvelous. How are you doing, Miranda? Oh, good. I love alliteration. I'm Marcus Miranda. I all of that. I, uh, maybe that's why I'm such a uh, wrestling such slash <laughs> fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, alliteration is rampant in wrestling. Um, I love and it. and who is our our third member? Who, who? Are you asking? Who? who? It, it is Brendan Barr. Brendan, how are you doing? Hello. How are we doing today? I mean, there's alliteration in Brendan Barr. That why why yeah. did just why did I just realize it? We've been doing it's, this now uh, for a few months. It's all natural. I didn't bet that uh, <laughs> on my parents. <laughs> I, mean, I have alliteration in my name too. We have Dusty, or uh, Dashing Dusty. So, um, man, we we are just full of alliteration yeah. on this team. Maybe that's why we just flow together so well. We're full of something. <laughs> <laughs> Lucha Libre spirit. Yes, that's that's the spirit that we have together. Spirit of Lucha Libre, uh, right here on the Lucha Central Weekly podcast. Uh, and I know, as you listeners, thank you so much for listening in. Uh, you you hopefully all enjoy the three of us. But I know that you didn't just come and listen, so you can hear about alliteration and Lucha Libre spirit. You came here 
for Lucha Libre News. So we are going to kick it off right away with Brendan Barr, who's taking us on the road back to shows. Oh, man, we've got a, a big old week right here. So uh, CMLL finally has said some things. They they had a, a session where people from the company and wrestlers were answer, answering fan questions. As you would expect mm. some of the uh, most prominent questions were related to when are you going to come back and, and have shows. So uh, Julio Cesar Rivera, uh, in answer to a lot of that, has said that uh, they are waiting on the, both the government uh, for the for the area as well as the sporting to prove the restart, which of course would be related to now when uh, when Mexico City goes to the yellow instead of orange as it had previously been. Yellow is now the official new good for shows in in Mexico. Um, but, but so he did say they were waiting on that. Uh, but he also said and we've been wondering and and speculating on that they will, in fact, have empty arena shows for CMLL as they build back up to, uh, to, to fan shows. So excellent yeah. news. We have, we have an idea. Uh, I can, from, in looking at the, uh, the, the government announcements and people who are smarter than me that interpret it for me, it sounds like Mexico City area will not be yellow for at least two more weeks. So um, shows just are a no-go there. In fact, Phantasma has been very down on these secret shows and, and uh, other things. So don't let them catch you doing that. I'm looking at IWRG. Um, <laughs> yeah, and this all plays into Triple Mania, too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they, there's uh the that that kind of puts a soft deadline for about two weeks for for AAA to figure out what they're gonna do because if they can't run in Mexico City they're gonna either have to delay or go to another area of Mexico and figure that out quickly so um, knocking on wood that we get our triple mania with minimal delays but it's not looking good. Mm-hmm. Um, they are doing uh, so. Uh, those that have listened to uh, the Master Public Minute over on Conan's Keeping It 100 podcast, uh, they were talking a few weeks ago about auto lucha or auto wrestling happening up here, where they would have people drive up to an area. They would have a couple of matches happen while the audience was sitting in cars. Um, Mexico is starting to do that as well. So there's an first date for auto lucha i don't have a lot of other details on it at the moment but uh there will be an event where people will be driving up for cars it is more cost effective to ride a motorcycle there although that seems like it's counterproductive to the idea so i don't recommend that yeah Uh, the idea of like a drive-in style wrestling really intriguing though even just as a novelty yeah it's so cool well, seeing as um, a school and other areas uh, and, and uh, a whole promotion are based around like garages and uh, and correct, uh, like a used car lot, uh, uh, having a drive up match seems like a natural fit for Mexico. And honestly, I'm surprised they haven't done it sooner. Maybe they were just waiting for the timing to be right. But yeah, yeah it's, it's a very exciting idea. Yeah, I like that. I can't um, imagine how cool the presentation will look too you know to film some matches like that so they haven't said if they're gonna film it there's very little details i can find but i hope they do because i want oh, to see too. footage of that yeah yeah just the 
the presentation would be amazing and so unique and special and the first of its mm-hmm. kind. And yeah, yeah, that would be so cool. Hey, I agree. And and that brawling in the audience would be fun. But that's awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and in other news, we had previously talked about uh, people discussing Take it to having... We uh, we'd uh, previously discussed people having a uh, training center built. Uh, there's a couple of stories about this. Chaos on their Facebook feed has shown some construction underway and said something to the effect of this will be a school as well as a, a place to see Lucha Libre um, if Google Translate is to be trusted. So mileage will vary on that. But very interesting. And that's in uh, um, in Monterey, I'm assuming, but they didn't tag the picture. Also in Monterey, uh, Lucha Time uh, is now making big announcement. This is something that was sent to us by a, a source. So this is, you're probably hearing it here first, definitely hearing it on the Lucha Central Nut Network first. The, we're the, the, they're the ones that got this. Um, they are planning on having live shows that, that they're going to stream out on Facebook on Thursdays. Um, and then they're going to take more of that, uh, more shows and put that on uh, Azteca on Sunday night. Uh, and then the live shows will eventually be rebroadcast uh, Mondays on YouTube and Lucha Central. So there will be week content coming soon. I don't have a date when this is going to start yet. Um, and the reason that I segued into this is they also are talking about having a school and a gym that uh, they will be operating out of for this. Uh, I don't know if it's the same thing. I don't believe it is because Lucha Time is not the same as Chaos to my outside understanding. So there could right. be two big schools popping up in the Monterey area, which is not a terrible thing for the sport. Um, Maybe the new hub for big-time right? wrestling. Yeah, yeah, that'd be exciting. It certainly can fill that role while Mexico City is recovering from COVID. Um, so they have, I have more info. They have 22 wrestlers they've already signed. Some examples are Baby Extreme, Epidemas, The Mummy, Hio mm-hmm. del Espectro, uh, the Hardcore Crew. Um, many of the luchadors performing will be given original names. So like WWE style, oh. you may have, uh, you, you may have a, a following elsewhere, but you're going to perform under, um, as I alluded to, they are going to, they have a deal with TV Azteca. Um, they they have an agreement for 52 months, uh, and initially they will oh, be wow. producing oh, 52 for weeks. sorry 52 weeks. Thank you for correcting yeah. me on that. <laughs> no, that's that much. That's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I knew. <laughs> uh, and yeah, they will be, uh, print online content for us at Lucha Central. So this is all very exciting. Yeah. Um, I'm Big I, to come. I'm hoping that they have English and Spanish content. Uh, that is the plan, but. Uh, uh, I may have to to do what I'm doing right now and watch it in Spanish and then catch the English broadcast later because that seems to be how Lucha works. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> it's just one of those unspoken laws of Lucha Libre. It's true. If you want if you want the bleeding edge content, you have to watch it in Spanish and only understand yeah. the swear words. That's how that works. <laughs> That's how I think a lot of languages work. So. <laughs> Uh, so that's what I've got for the shows. Uh, I'm just going to uh, transition myself to the indie roundup because uh, there's a few things, not a lot going on on that. Uh, mainly, I'm going to have the I'm going to talk about chaos. But before that, I'm going to mention that the uh, Torneo Mas Suprema is uh, 
moving forward with information. As of this recording, we don't have a date yet. Um, the way things news goes, that may be something that happens uh, as soon as we go off the air. So do check on luchacentral.com for updates on that. But uh, they did put up a still reel with all of the participants that are going to be in there. So all eight people, it's a very quick 30-second thing, but it did get me very excited for this tournament. And then uh, the chaos results from last week's uh, quick broadcast. Uh, they, had, they had three matches again. This was uh, closer to 45 minutes, if I remember right. There's a little more interview spots, some other things that made it feel more like a D-show instead of the pay-per-view, which is, I mean, considering what the, how they're breaking it up, I think fine, a fine thing to happen. Uh, we started off with a tag match. Um, the, uh, I, I don't remember which tag belts they have. They have two different tag team belts here from different companies, but the uh, Dylan Quintes uh, came out with tag teams. I believe they are, but I don't want to put my foot in my mouth. And they just—they were in a match against Commander and Puma de Oro. Um, this is where I, I, these gentlemen were probably far too polite with each other because they passed the microphone back and forth a bit, and I didn't understand very much of what they said. So they were not being mean enough for me to follow, to understand what they were saying. But then it breaks out into a massive brawl. Anyway, um, the uh, there's it was a very AAA kind of brawl where you had some guys brawling on the outside for a little bit while matches the match was going on in the middle of the ring. You had fast tags. You had the obvious heels. The delinquentes were uh, very much in control for a good part of the match. Then you thought Commander and Puma de Oro were going to pull off what probably supposed to be an upset. I don't know enough of the records of both of these to say, um, but uh, the uh, the delinquentes would hit a very, I, ha- I wrote down massive Canadian destroyer. It's been since Sunday, so I don't remember what that means. <laughs> I think it came off of the second rope though. Uh, and then they, they got the win on that. It was a good match. I, I, this all in all, I'm going to give away the, 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 my feelings on this. All in all, this was my favorite with the show. I felt all three of these matches were really big excitement. The backstage segments really got me going. Everything on this show were like the oddness and out of placeness that was happening in previous uh, showings didn't happen here. I just was in the in the matches and enjoying the the presentation. Uh, so speaking of that, the next one we had we had Diosa Quetzal and Emperor Emperada. Azteca versus Mecha Wolf and Dolce Canela. Um, this is the only kind of down note I had on this because uh, based on just what I have seen, I had a hard time figuring out who the, the Rudos were supposed to be in because uh, Diosa Quetzal was to be very popular before uh, and Dolce Canela seemed to be very popular before. And then I hadn't seen enough of Mecha Wolf or Emperada Azteca in this promotion to know how they were being framed. And that, kind of played out in the match where uh, the Dolce Canela and Diosa Quetzal had a very technical start. They were hands and, and uh, lots of, of uh, locks and reversals going on. And then when the, the, the boys got in the ring, they started brawling. Uh, so I still, I'm not sure who all is the, is the bad guys. I still, I enjoyed all of that energy and that action. Um, the finish though was spectacular. Diosa comes off the top rope 
hit uh, a two foot slam on the back of one of the the guys from the other one of the people from the other team and converts that into a destroyer. Uh, and, and that, of course, led to the pin. So fantastic and spectacular finish that really. Oh, I'm sorry. It did not confusing myself already. Uh, it should have led to the pin. Uh, but uh, Emperor Emperor Dora hid behind a ref and then fouled the other uh, fouled uh, Mecha Wolf. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with the foul, uh, that is the the uh, a punch to an area that is strictly forbidden by the or uh, <laughs> something to that effect. And then everybody screams foul, and it is in fact one of my favorite things as a spectator to yell at the referee that, that someone has just committed foul. Uh, so yeah, it's a, a, lots of exciting action, uh, and and it went very well. That was another fun match. I love the fact that you are they were putting uh, uh, these very popular indie guys in the middle of this card, uh, it, but uh, but they letting really have time to breathe on this because the next match is, is named, and, and it would have been easy to just let the three the, the three guys and then. Match, take over the whole show. Uh, you had Presero Jr., uh, Taurus, and uh, Black Taurus, and Daga in a three-way match. Uh, Daga came out with the uh, Latin Championship belt. I, it was unclear if it was a line or not. Um, this was more to put uh, Daga, where he is. He also wants to get out of the way of monsters, so at the uh, the bad guys. Or not the bad, the big guy stood out for a little bit. They came in and tried to to steal a pin, and then the match really started. Um, but to tie things back, you had Emperor Doris Tekka and the Wolf come out, and they started brawling with people in the match as well as with each other. Um, and then Daga takes advantage of all of this to uh, foul Fresero while the referee is trying to kick people out of kick all of the extras out of the ring. And uh, then he covers him while the, when the ref turns around and gets the one, two, three. Uh, yeah. So again, great show. Yeah. I'm unsure if they are doing if they're doing more shows at this one. I got the impression this was all uh, filmed at the same time during their anniversary show, which uh, they announced just this morning that they're going to be showing uh, the entire anniversary show on Facebook this weekend. So if you want to watch it for free uh, without... Oh, very cool. Yeah, you can you can see all the things I've been talking about, and then you can tell me all the things that you liked about it uh, or that I glazed over, and I can learn how, how you guys better want me to cover the... Please, fans, if you watch it, be sure to tag t 321 T-Shirt Guy in your tweets and tell me how how good a job or how bad a job you um, and then my last thing for the indie roundup is that Lucha Van Vanguardia has signed a deal with IWD. So again, people who want to watch independent Lucha Libre wrestling, you have another a- avenue can go on to IWT independent wrestling television is what IWT stands for. And you can find more products. There's a few, a few Lucha companies on there, but is the, the latest to join them and uh, and watch a bunch of their content. So great news for fans stuck at home that need more Lucha content and don't know where to go because uh, you should have access to IUTV anywhere. And that is my indie rep. That is Excellent. great. Thank- yes. Thank you so much, Brendan, for both of the road back shows and the roundup. So next 
Well, we got Lucha Central Central with Denise Alcedo. We are going to kick it off to her. She's going to know what is happening this week, Lucha. Hey, everyone. It's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central, where they look at all of the great shows available this week on the Lucha Central Podcast Network. Monday, it's a brand new Lucha Libre Figures and Facts where Eric and Jeff not only talk about a classic WCW Vampiro action figure from Toy Biz, but they get joined by the superstar himself just days before the debut of his new show on the Al Rey Network, Vampiro Unleashed. Tuesday, Mass, Matt, and Mayhem has part two of their interview with Thunder Rosa, and she drops all the goods on being the first Mexican women's champion NWA, her citizenship, backstage bullies in wrestling, getting out of her Lucha Underground contract, the Women of Wrestling TV series, and more. Also on Tuesday, WrestleBoss with Bobby Chulo live covering pro wrestling and MMA from 7 to 8.30 p.m. Pacific. This week, Bobby talks wrestling with Lucha Libre Voz promoter DJ Voz ahead of the company's huge upcoming iPay-Per-View event. And on the MMA side of things, World Sambo Championships competitor Giovanni Varela stops by the show to talk about representing Honduras in the tournament. Head to WrestleBossLive.com to listen live or downloaded Wednesday across podcast platforms. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese from around the lucha world. Plus, this week, owner of one of the world's largest lucha libre masks and memorabilia collections, like literally, museums call this guy when they want to do a lucha libre exhibit. Christian Bimet joins the show along with general manager of the Perros del Mar brand, Pan de Mal, as they talk licensing and merchandising in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco, and this week, Vinny Massaro pulls up to the shop for part two of his interview, where the trio will talk about his recent international travels to Mexico and Japan, as well as getting the call to train Kane Velasquez for his pro wrestling debut in AAA. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Centro weekly podcast, one in English, yellow Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Find out what's happening in empty arenas across Mexico, including the new Lucha Time Promotions Weekly TV series and how to watch it, as well as Lucha Action in WWE, NXT, and AEW. Be sure to subscribe and follow all of your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms. And please be sure to give a rating and review to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. He's going to be talking a little bit of SmackDown, a little bit of Take it away, Dusty. Yeah, on SmackDown last week, we had Matt Riddle defeating John Morrison. And then on Raw, we had Angel and Andrade teaming with Randy Orton in a win against Big Show and the Viking Raiders. And then the kind of bigger stories, we had the continuation of the storyline between Seth and Ray. We got a little of the continuance between Seth and Kevin Owens and how they just hate each other. And that led to Kevin Owens teaming with Ray for a win against Seth and Murphy. 
Um, Dominic was involved and took an eye poke from Seth, but it really helped elevate and advance story with his presence. And then Ray won the match, which means he got to pick his match stipulation, and he chose an eye for an eye match, which oh. is not without some precedent. AEW oh. ran the same stipulation between John Moxley and Santana on AEW um, Dynamite from February 20th of this year. However, WWE specifically worded it as being the one who can extract an eye from their opponent. Um, what are your feelings oh, on gosh. this match, Brendan? <laughs> uh, oh my! Um, I I stipul the way that they phrased the stipulation just like I am filled with anticipation and dread on how this is going to play out because obviously we are not going to see a human being's eye dragged out of his skull on live cable television. So there's gotta be. (laughs) Well, that's why this is pay-per-view, right? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So there's, yeah, there has to be a way out of it that they have planned. I just really hope that it is something good and not something that is just going to make this this whole thing like an even worse idea. Yeah, I just can't imagine where this is going. What do you think, Miranda? Do you have any idea where this might lead to? I, I don't. I was excited that we are getting a, an Apuestas match. I mean, it does give mm-hmm. such an Apuestas feel, which is nice. However, the stipulation yeah. with that language that it is, you know, extracting an eye from your opponent is pretty <laughs> intense even for WWE. So I I don't know where this is going. I I don't know how they are going to resolve this. I don't know how a winner will determine because I do agree with Brendan. I don't foresee someone's eye being pulled out on television, Uh, but who knows if they do something with movie magic or WWE magic, where it's a pretend eye, a fake eye. We look oh. for like a figurative eye. I don't know anymore. Oh. I don't know what to think of this anymore. Oh, but I- maybe <laughs> Seth Rollins with the eye for himself being himself, oh. like the to ascend to the next level. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, Brendan, Brendan's hyperventilating. He's like not having any of this. Oh, no. he's having any of this. WWE. Do you see what you're doing to this man? <laughs> He's not having it at all. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, very poetic as to how the storyline has um, uh, occurred. So it's, I, I think it's been great. And it doesn't really feel like this match will resolve anything. I think it's going to continue in some shape or form. Because I'm already determined to win this match. Yeah, I could see this easily playing into SummerSlam, maybe. You know, like it doesn't, like you're right, like despite the Apuestas and the, you know, the big match feel, it doesn't feel like this is kind of the end of the feud. Maybe it will be, but there are so many pieces involved that I, I don't understand how this would be a good time, but that kind of plays into part of our next news. We had news come out this week that Rey Mysterio's contract with WWE had indeed ended and that he was now working on kind of a handshake deal. But given his 
relationship with WWE and his son's prominent placement within current programming like Raw's the flagship show. What do you think his contract situation will be going forward? Like, do you guys, I mean, I see him staying with WWE until he retires. What do you think, Brendan? So, uh, someone actually brought this up to me a while ago. If Dominic is is dead set on performing with WWE, and it seems like he is, Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray is not going to go to AEW. There's just no, no. way that's going to happen. So uh, I feel like it's going to be something like this, where he's going to show up for matches now and again in the WWE. Maybe they give him something a little more vague so that he can appear in Mexico for some matches. Uh, that would be really cool. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm hoping that like they, as long as Vince doesn't view it as in direct competition with his product, that he'll be okay with. But uh, especially since he's being generous enough to to appear on their show and help with a ratings boost while the show really needs it right now, uh, without a contract. Uh, so yeah, I just I I feel like this is what we're gonna see. He's just gonna keep showing up. He's gonna be the new version of the Undertaker and and show up at weird times and. and oh, that would be. I could actually really get behind that. That would be a great way yeah. to use him. And then he wouldn't be, like, his knees are not in great shape and everything. So I think that yep. would be a great way to use him without overuse. And I, and maybe he I could be that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, oh no, I, I was going to say, I just definitely, Brendan's point about utilizing him more sparingly, that is really what is, uh, I mean, that, that it helps with the longevity of someone as they're getting into their later years. And with fan fatigue, I think fans mm-hmm. now get a lot more fatigue of people so much more quickly and people that, you know, they used to love seeing every week now after just, you know, a few consecutive appearances, people are, are bored so in order to make sure that I think fans will continue to support him and, and always have that surprise when he's there using him more sparing, I think would be uh, both better for his health, but also for his character. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For his character. And obviously for his health. Yeah. Well, and it would have the added benefit of giving every match he's in a bigger, more important feel. So anybody he wrestled would kind of get that rub of being Mm -hmm. important enough for Ray to come back. And like, I think that would be the perfect use for him going forward. And he would still give him the grand stages and the big paydays like WrestleMania and everything to keep him happy. And, uh, you know, I think it's a great spot for him to be in. Absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, that's what I'm, I, I, some of this is my being optimistic and hoping that this, <laughs> they use him in this way that I think is very good for him and the WWE, but who who knows? I, I can't, yeah. I, after the eye for an eye match announcement, I no longer pretend to understand what's happening in WWE. <laughs> it is new and unique. <laughs> you waited that long to stop waiting to understand what's happening in WWE. You held, you held for a good while. I'm because I stopped it. I stopped years ago. I just, I just, I just accept uh, suspension of disbelief that they just continuously give to me, and, and uh, I try not to make sense of it. Anymore. But uh, yeah, this, this is really going to test, really going to test the limits. I, I absolutely believe. Well, thank you, Dusty, for this week's news in WWE. Again, you can go to luchacentral.com uh, where we have results from. Uh, weekly Raw and SmackDown shows, and of course, New E. Um, but I'm, we are very excited. I'm excited. I know my two co-hosts are very excited because we have a very special interview lined up right now. 
this is one where uh, we as a team are very excited to bring this person on. Uh, he is a product of the famous Santino Brothers Wrestling Academy and has wrestled for such as Lucha Baboom, Pro Wrestling Gorilla, NWA Hollywood, Pro Wrestling Revolution, and Mass Republic. And if you guys are wanting some more hints, I got them for you. You've seen him on Lucha Underground as Fame B. You all know the number, 423 Get Fame. And more recently, he is one of the newest announcers for Heroes of Lucha Libre. Everyone, please welcome Brian. What's going on, guys? How you guys doing? <laughs> doing great. How are you doing? Yeah. Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, happy to be here. Thank you guys for having me. What a lovely introduction. I mean, I, I want to be here every week. Can I be here every week? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, decision, yes. <laughs> oh, thank you. There I we go. There we go. But I put the decision. <laughs> I like that. I like that. But, yeah, um, thank you guys for having me, man. What's going on? How you guys doing? We are doing great. You get so much for your time. Um, and I just, I'm, I'm, whoop, happy family. I, I do my best <laughs> to make sure all of our guests have the right introduction. We try and treat our guests right here on the Central Weekly Podcast. Thank you again for joining us. Um, congratulations on being uh, one of the newest announcers for uh, Heroes of Lucha Libre. I know that is a, a big move. Can can you tell us more about your new role? Well, thank you um, for the congrats, uh, first and foremost. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, it, it, it's definitely a new role for me um, as you know, you guys know um, with my previous work um, that, you know, like uh, jumping into the commentary field now, it's um, absolutely completely uh, different and new for me. So I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty stoked um, when I got the uh, opportunity to uh, cast for the position. Um, I definitely jumped on it, um, you know, first and foremost, because, you know, we're in a time right now where, you know, matches are scarce. Um, there's not as many shows as before uh, with the uh, COVID-19 going on and things like that. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, for someone like me who's a performer who's used to uh, going out on the road and doing shows and hitting the crowd and things like that, for um, it to be very limited and very scarce to, um, you know, just a couple of productions that we see uh, on television right now, Um I looked at it as an opportunity to a get work and b um, showcase my talents in yet another different way, as I am used to doing. You know, um, there's so much more to me than just a professional wrestler. Um, that everybody know me and love me. Um, you know, we've seen this in Lucha Underground, where you know I show my managerial skills and my ring announce skills, and now I took the opportunity to um, show my commentary skills. So I hope you guys all like it when um, <laughs> it's presented to the world. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be some great. Of you, yeah, I, I, I don't doubt it. I mean, we've seen some of your clips on social media, uh, just giving some teasers, especially to those jackets. You are, you are dressed <laughs> to the T for this role. So, I mean, if, if your commentary is as good as your jacket, we're, we're in for a trip. Um, so, is there anything you, you can you. tell us? Yeah, of course. Is there anything that you can tell us about the upcoming schedule and, and future for Heroes of Lucha Libre? Uh, we know that you're taping something. Is there anything that you can kind of reveal about the, the, the schedule 
or some content that they're going to be putting out soon? Well, I can tell you that the jackets are definitely amazing. They are. <laughs> you're absolutely fine. That is the one thing that everybody has been hitting me up about. You know, I got um, people, you know, like all over saying, dude, the jackets are money. The jackets are dope. Bro, let me get that jacket. Like, um, so they did a good job in wardrobe. Uh, they definitely did a good job. Um, you know, they had a uh, suited to the nines uh, for our role. But um, in terms of um, as the actual scheduling, um, you know, that's going to be on the uh, Heroes of Lucha Libre to, um, you know, present to the public and things like that, because I know that there's a lot of things that they're trying to, um, you know, like, uh, you know, tie tidy up i guess you can say um with the actual production of um this first season coming up so i think that there's still some things that um they would like to do with the season before um you know they have something nailed down solidly you know what i mean we got we're keeping us at the edge of our seats so we're to keep our eyes glued to then but see when, when things are going to be out. You what's happening. You see me out there. You guys know what's happening. See me out there. So don't worry. It is coming. <laughs> it's definitely coming. But uh, like I said, um, uh, Heroes uh, Lucha Libre will definitely, um, you know, um, release a, a press release um, when the time is suitable, um, when they're ready to get the um, ball rocking and rolling. But uh, we're definitely in productions. We're definitely, you know, um, you know pretty much uh, ready to go. That's awesome. Um, how do you feel that your work as a wrestler uh, helped you prepare and like your work as a manager helped you prepare for your current work as an announcer? That is a great question. Um, it, it goes back to my days of youth in terms of being a lifelong wrestling fan. Um, and, and, and definitely there's uh, answers for your question, but I, I want to, you know, um, start off by saying that I am a lifelong wrestling fan. I have always been ever since, you know, I was yay high and uh, I can remember yeah. what a, t- a television. I've always been into it from the moment I laid eyes on. So That's so cool. I th- yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I think the main thing that gives me an advantage in this role or actually that gives me the confidence is, hey, I'm confident in any in the business. That's for sure. <laughs> And we have been, you know, like I said, since Jay High, um, watching the product, a fan of the product. So therefore, it's subconsciously embedded in my mind how to, even though I wasn't like per per se, like trained or taught. I mean, I don't know if you can be trained or taught how to be a, a, a color commentator, but the fact that I love the business so much and the fact that I've heard so many broadcast announcements subconsciously in the back of my mind, it it, kind of just comes out naturally for me. And in terms of actually becoming a professional wrestler and getting in the business in 2009 and everything I've done since then, um, you know, working around great guys and listening to commentary on all kinds of levels from the indie level to um, the television production level to pay-per-views to popular shows that we all know and love and have seen and just you know, like listening to a guy like Stryker and talking to him behind the scenes of Lucha Underground and actually working on commentary with him in Lucha Underground, which a lot of people don't know because they used me in replacement of Vampiro on a couple of occasions, but it was for dark matches because I think if we were going to continue to move this, um, the, the seasons forward in LU, um, that would have been, uh, well, I would have been one of the guys to actually step in if, 
necessary mm-hmm. if one of the guys were in an angle or something like that. So I did oh, get a chance so to cool. do a lot of commentaries with Matt Stryker, which, um, I, you know, that's <laughs> what more preparation than that. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Great preparation. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, yeah, it's just instances and things like that that I um once I was uh, proposed with the um, proposition of doing the show, I knew in my mind that there would be no doubt that um, I would kill it. So, you know, I went for it and, you know, they 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 went for it. And yeah, and the rest was history. That's great. So you you mentioned being a lifelong fan. So I, I'm going to yeah. go for the 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 easy slam dunk question here. Uh, who were some of your favorites when you were growing up? Absolutely. Um, I was definitely a little young Hawkeye. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what kid was not gravitated to the aura of the hoax? Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, man. Like, yeah, he was definitely one of the guys that, you know, I was um, on the edge of my seat for, you know, and uh, just begging mm-hmm. my mom, like, hey, can we please rent WrestleMania 6? <laughs> I rented that tape. <laughs> over oh, and man. over so many times like every weekend <laughs> it's like can we go to the video store yeah sure what are you gonna get the same thing every <laughs> <laughs> that one you know uh the mega war uh mega powers explode the you know the one yep. before oh, that one yeah. between those two and between um survivor series 1990 the debut of the undertaker uh googly gobbler between those three and a couple of super tapes, oh, I'll, you can tell me nothing as a kid. <laughs> That's so great. So um, Hogan, Hogan definitely, and then uh, Warrior, I would say, you know, the mag- magnetism of Warrior. And then mm-hmm. as I started to um, kind of, you know, get out of the, um, just the excitement of the wrestlers and started to pay attention to the in-ring work, then I started to become um, more, um, you know, uh, I started to like Mr. Perfect, Shawn Michaels, yeah. Bret Hart, their ring mm-hmm. work and things like those were the yeah. guys that stood out to me and and, and so on. You know, it, it's, yeah. it's a lot of great guys, you know, right, you know, that, that, you know, came up, you know, since then, but yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Those, that's a great list of guys. I mean, I, that definitely was what piqued my interest in wrestling. Um, oh, how about too. How about uh, since you're announcing, did uh, any announcers stand out to you as a kid? Because I certainly remember uh, rolling my eyes when Jesse Levati was on commentary. <laughs> Come on. You, how can you roll your eyes at me? How can you roll your eyes at Jesse Levati? I was the governor of Minnesota. This is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> That's my best Jesse impression, but um, yeah, I was gonna um, say, wow, how did we see the Bakura here? Like, yeah, I, how did that happen? <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. Um, I will, there's been so many. Um, Bobby Heenan, you know, I yeah, yeah. mentioned Bobby Heenan. Um, you know, in no particular order, but first and foremost, I got to mention Bobby. Absolutely. Gorilla, Tony Schiavone. Yeah. Jim Ross, of course. Of course, Jim Ross. Um, mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, like Joey Styles had his own way of carrying a show. And I partic- particularly mm-hmm. respect the fact that he did it by himself. 
You know, like yeah, that's yeah, that's an amazing yeah, yeah. one band. It's pretty crazy. That's an amazing feat to me to hear that one voice and still feel what's happening on the show and still feel the excitement. Yeah, and he had no break. <laughs> nope. He was color. He was yeah. telling the story. He, he was play by play and color. Like that's phenomenal. So. I'll definitely throw him in there. And, um, you know, yeah, of course, there's been um, so many more after that. But, you know, those are the names I got to throw out there off the top of my head. I, awesome. I also even enjoy Dusty and in, um, in, in WCW, too, in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the rare Dusty. He's got a bicycle. So as you can see, <laughs> I'm so unbiased <laughs> and I don't have it. I don't have it nailed down to one, but um, I, I, I appreciate, you know, everyone who, um, who I enjoyed and who, who stuck out to me. And, you know, and as I'm talking, speaking of even guys like Mike Tenay, who doesn't get a lot of credit that he yeah. deserves for his job uh, now and things like yeah. that. Like, you know, like there's a plethora of guys, you know, I, I can't narrow it down to a favorite or narrow it down to a small list of a few. Um, <laughs> but I, I will like to, you know, like I just did go ahead and mention the guys that pop up <laughs> off the top of my head right now. Awesome. Thank you. And how about your training? Do you have any cool stories from your time training in the Santino Brothers Wrestling Academy? Oh, Santino Brothers Wrestling Academy? You mean the great, the single greatest wrestling academy <laughs> school on the earth right now? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, Joe Chaos does a great job over there. Uh, man, I, I can't, you know, thank him and his staff. And um, just everyone that I came across enough for all the love and support that they show and just his hunger and his drive to want to mentor the next best professional wrestler. And, um, you know, I, I got to say, Dynamite D, rest in peace, who the school is mainly and highly inspired by, is, is smiling heaven looking down. Um, at just the sure tenacity that chaos has put into the school and taking it from a backyard in Norwalk, California, and putting it into its own warehouse and making it the most legitimate business, you know, if you're looking for a professional wrestling school. So, um, yeah, man, I have a ton of cool stories. <laughs> about the school so many that they're all jumbled up in my head so i can't even really <laughs> narrow it down to like one like there is just so many i've had i mean we're talking um i approached the school in march of 2008 so and i've been heavily involved this entire time so it's like there's just so many memory stories putting on putting on shows um you know at the dojo um to showcase talent training there you know day in and day out looking at how many different trainers come in and out like los luchas have their own class um you know brian kendrick had his own class and um just all the superstars come in and out of it and you know uh, i i can't speak highly enough about the school be being a trainer there myself for a certain uh period in time and um watching the growth of students that came in when i was training like a heather monroe and you know uh, um you know just different people like it, it it's amazing it's the greatest school <laughs> i can't put it over enough but yeah i have so many stories i have 
so many stories. And um, yeah, <laughs> we'll be talking all night. You know, I can go all night if you want me to. We could do an Iron Man match about this if you want. <laughs> <laughs> we probably could. And I maybe it's the reason why we break it down because uh, I think we would love to hear all of your stories and, mm-hmm. and, and everything that you've been right. talking. I mean, it, it's just been so cool to learn about your influences, not only in wrestling, but in, in announcing. Uh, but we, we as a team have a burning question. It may not be the question okay. you think we're going to ask, but uh, I mean, we all love the idea of the 423 get fame phone number. <laughs> Did you actually get any messages on that line? Like, is that was a real <laughs> number? <laughs> like, it, it's just a fascinating uh, idea and concept. And you, I'm sure, I'm sure people tried to call it. I, I don't, I don't know. I what, can, what can you tell us? Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. The message has changed oh. over time, too. Like, as you had yeah, your exactly. <laughs> Right. There you go. It, the, okay. So, to, I'm going I'm to I'm answer your question first. Yes, the hotline was 100% shoot. <laughs> and there was a ton of messages. There was there was so many messages that it's mind-blowing. And, yes, the hotline, you know, the number was 100% shoot. Um, and yes, the messages did change over the course of time, depending on the storyline. So, you know, it's like, Hey, all right, well, you know, I got this going on now. So time to record a new voicemail. (laughs) So that was all all you though. That was part of your creative, uh, creative control. Maybe (laughs) where you were able to to manage the messages that, that were on that line. Well, well, I, I, I can't um, take all the credit for it. Um, I think uh, Chris DeJoseph, um, who was the uh, head writer of Lucha Underground at the time, it was actually his idea, and he presented it to me. And, um, you know, it was one of those things where, to me, as a wrestler, you know, like, you know, <laughs> it was a little bit different for me. Like, um, But at the same time, I realized that, I, I'm not just a wrestler wrestling on a television show. I am a performer that has been casted to be a part of a cast on on a tele on a television show. And yeah. that happens to be about yeah. wrestling. So therefore, yeah. even if it wasn't like you know uh, my, like my idea or my first choice, you know per se, and I, and I say that. In, in the sense of being a wrestler, my first choice, obviously, logically, would be to uh, win a Lucha Underground Heavyweight Championship. You know what I mean? <laughs> right? That would be my first 100%. choice at that point. But, I, you know, I realize that there's a cast of others, and what they're trying to put together, how they see I fit in and fall in, and actually still use, you know, my image, my, you know, my given to myself name of famous being image and likeness and all that and take that concept and, and, and transform it into their idea of how I would fit on the show. I was all for it. And I took that challenge and I stepped up to the plate and I knocked it out of the park. They were like, absolutely. They were so yeah. surprised. Just like, we had an idea for this and, you know, and when they presented it to me and I was like, you know what? 
I'm going to take this and run with it. And everything I did just came so organically. Like, everything just happened organically. And um, it was definitely a fun experience. And the voice message was real. <laughs> there were a lot of different, uh, I mean, you could you could use your imagination. I'm pretty sure whatever you come with, a, up with in your head was on there. I'm pretty sure. It was fun. Oh, well, and you know, listeners, if if you didn't get the chance to uh, see that, I know there's clips on uh, on YouTube. Uh, but if if that doesn't make you excited about uh, listening and watching Brian Fame on commentary for Heroes of Libre, I don't know what else to tell you. So make sure yeah. once uh, Heroes of Lucha Libre does come out that you are uh, listening. Brian Fame, who's going to be on commentary. Um, thank you so much for your time, Brian. We, we greatly appreciate it. You know that we will be asking you back as soon as that press release hits. We will be sliding mm-hmm. <laughs> into it. And you know that uh, we would love to have you back on the show. Thank you so much for your time. Can Do you mind letting uh, our listeners know where they can find you on social media? Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at FamousB23. Um, that will be the same for my, like, my Instagram and uh, like all the cool pictures that um, I've posted uh, throughout my time. Uh, that's famous, famous B23. And, um, you know, like, I, I thank you guys for having me, man. This has been so much fun. And, um, yeah, uh, I can't wait for you guys to check me out. And um, it's going to be cool. You know, Famous Big Time is coming to the commentary tables of Heroes of Lucha Libre. So thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. I'm so excited for that. Thank you. Thank yeah, you we can't there. wait to see it. Thank you. Cool. Thank, thank you. you, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good night. Have a good night. Thank you. Oh. Woo. That was uh, uh, it's nice to get by interview. Uh, some nice jackets. Y'all better find him on social media. Because <laughs> oh, if you didn't understand the jacket comment, point. Uh-huh. You, we, there's nothing Beautiful. that we can do unless just tell you. Find it on social media. <laughs> yeah, I, nothing we can do to describe it. We'll do it justice. It's it's great. Nothing. Absolutely. Uh, so getting back into this week's news. Uh, we have uh, this week in the Wednesday Night Wars Part Two, Parte Dos. Uh, we had uh, Fighter Fest and the American Bash. Um, we will actually start off with AEW Dark, um, just because of good lucha content that they had this. Absolutely, uh, I, uh, I I cannot say it enough that uh, AEW Dark seems to consistently be a great place to go catch lucha content. Uh, in addition to having the Lucha Brothers and Jurassic Express uh, on on the show and kind of the regular, I mean, obviously not so much the Lucha Brothers in the last few weeks because of the world. But they were there before, and they're now back there again. Um, you also have Serpentico, Lowrider, Fuego del Sol. So you're going to always have Lucha matchups. And like tonight, or la- Tuesday night, Tuesday night, we are not even recording on Thursday, on uh, Tuesday night, so I don't know why I said tonight. <laughs> but Tuesday night, we had Serpentico and Scorpio Sky in a show-stealing match, which, I mean, it's on YouTube. So if you don't believe me, it really was that good. Um, and, and you also had the Lucha Brothers and the Butcher and the Blade uh, showing off their tag team ability uh, against some unfortunate regulars on the Dark program. I didn't write their names down. I apologize, gentlemen. I will be better to you in future. I, but uh, I was just so excited to see the Lucha Brothers back on TV that I was <laughs> not writing down my notes as much as I should. Um, 
they looked great. And again, dark is great. So, but uh, that was that match was a preview for the match we were going to see during the Wednesday Night Wars. So I'm going to just send that back to Dusty. He kind of has some thoughts on how the Wednesday Night Wars shaped up. Yeah, if you were a Lucha fan, this past Wednesday was all about two big tag team matches for you. Uh, this week was night two of Fighter Fest versus the Great American Bash. And on NXT, we had the big eight-man tag action on Dynamite, the Fighter Fest episode, with Lucha Bros, Pentagon and Phoenix teaming with Butcher and Blade against FTR and the Young Bucks. Um, I loved everything about this match. You had so much continuing and involving story between the Young Bucks and Lucha Brothers. You set up the new story between the Lucha Brothers and FTR and the fans. We all get to see some amazing action. Um, it's almost impossible to describe the action match, like to explain it all out. It was constant hard-hitting action, and there are so many moves and tags back and forth. Truly, you need to watch this match. It has to be seen to be explained. But the like one moment, the most special moment was Phoenix hit a Canadian destroyer off the top rope onto the wrestlers on the outside. Uh, this spot was insane, and it's yeah. likely to be the the main spot you hear about from this match. And I think it's going to be a spot you hear about for a long time. Like this is going to be one of his key or signature spots in the future someday. Um, but it was insane, and it's so good. You need to see it. It was easily the most memorable spot of the match. Um, loved the early heel work that the Lucha Bros and the Butcher and Blade did when they came out in the truck that they stole from FTR. Like it, Everything was just superb. And the fact that they picked up the win, it was so good like this was an amazing match and i highly highly recommend anybody that's a fan of re wrestling but especially lucha libre check this match out it was yeah. so good i cannot say enough good things about this it was for, yeah for you for you fans of the 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 keys and locks that that stuff went on too fdr technical mm -hmm. wrestlers pentagon yeah. is a technical wrestler and you saw a lot of action all the way around the Julie the, the rules and psychology and the technique of the tag team action were just spot on in this entire match like for fans of tag team wrestling this match especially like bigger eight-man matches this match people are going to watch this years to kind of see all the spots and study and the interactions and to see how it goes because it was just action-packed the entire time Stunning match. And, and I I have to be honest, I came to this match thinking it was going to be pretty chaotic just because that is what AEW tag team matches are, are known for. But I yeah. appreciate how things were a lot more managed and controlled. The spots, mm -hmm. you could really focus on one spot at a time. Uh, and it wasn't overwhelming. Um, I, of course, exactly. they had some spots, you know, with, with lacks of tags. But these are all for, uh, I'm going to say for, I'm going to give you a uh, four of the out there right now. Well, I, I yeah. feel almost a little silly how I kind of not underestimated, but this is going to kind of roll into chaos because you have the Lucha Brothers and, uh, mm -hmm. and, and much more powerful because you weren't getting distracted by things that happen. Yeah, this 
I felt that so much with this match. It's one of my main complaints about the Young Bucks is that they kind of rush through everything, and then it's finisher after finisher after finisher, and bam, 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 they kick out like there's. But I didn't feel that way at all about this match, and I say that as a Young Bucks fan. I love the Young Bucks, but that's my one complaint. But this match, I felt like everybody took it so seriously. It was by the rules, but in the furthest stretch of them. So you got a lot of the kind of Rudo technique you would expect from Butcher and Blade and Lucha Bros, but it didn't feel outside of the rules. Everything tied in, and it really helps elevate the tag division and makes the tag division feel so important in AEW. And I feel like this also puts Pentagon and Phoenix in the position for the tag team rankings and the titles, and so there's all these spots that they're in now that they weren't in a week ago when Pentagon wasn't here, and it's so exciting yeah. for us as fans to see where Absolutely. it could go and what could happen. And I think that the future is, I think, more than almost anybody in AEW for the Lucha Bros, I think the future is super, super bright. And yeah. there's just I, so I, much possibility. Go ahead. I agree. I was surprised with him actually uh, getting pin as well i did not mm-hmm. expect that that is definitely i was expecting yeah i was definitely expecting uh the elite ftr team to to have the win in this one and and uh, uh, but it didn't uh to the point it didn't hurt anybody for whoever got took the pin nobody was getting hurt on this and uh and they uh you guys were commenting on the tag team psychology and and the the rules being followed in there so i wanted to to pull it back and go to my usual referee reservation um we had we had rick in there tonight (laughs) he worked that he's worked with the lucha bros a lot back in the in in the indie days before Mm -hmm. aew he's uh according to uh, Aubrey Edwards' Twitter account, she said that they specifically chose him for that match because he has more tag team experience than any of the other refs. So, mm-hmm. And it showed. So uh, having, yeah. him, having him in there was, uh, was definitely a choice that, to, have, to help keep that flow and that tempo and keep things going. And uh, it, 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 hearing you guys say that it worked, me watching it as a, as a referee trainee and seeing all the things that he did, I felt like it really worked well. That's so cool. Yeah. The, see, I wouldn't have had that insight. So I love that it worked for you that way, too. Great match all around. Uh, and then we had NXT. We had a trios match. We had uh, Elegado del Fantasma. Uh, versus Drake, Maverick, and Brizango. Before the match even started, there was a kind of cool moment where Brizango came out wearing the Conquistadors masks and parodying <laughs> the entrance of El Legado del Fantasma. And Drake Maverick was a real star in this match. He put all of his emotion, his work, and he really went out there and wrestled like a man who nearly lost his career to Santos Escobar, and he was there for revenge. Uh, but that kind of plays into how it finishes. Um, <laughs> but as the match progressed, I found myself so impressed the teamwork and the fluid effortlessness of Elegado del Fantasma. They oh, had yeah. an amazing three-man spot early on, um, and then Io del Fantasma or uh, Santos Escobar now, he had that amazing Falcon Arrow 
mm-hmm. uh, at the mm-hmm. after a hot yeah. tag to Drake Av- Maverick near the end. It really looked like Drake might get the win. He had his moment, but Santos Escobar didn't get where he is by not hunting for his moment too. And when Drake went up top, it was all over for him. Escobar kicked him down hit the phantom driver for the victory. This was another really great match that I highly recommend everyone seek out. It was an, a real action packed home run for me. It only furthers Drake's anchor against the legato del fantasma and Santos Escobar. So I'm excited to see where this takes his character in the near future. And as he becomes more desperate for his win and his revenge, like what, where it'll take him as a character and as a, wrestler and on a side note i thought el legato del fantasma had the best gear of the night for me even better than oh, Pro. Yeah. wild yeah. and mendoza's tights were amazing they were individually unique like mendoza's had that matador feel but everybody's gear was tied together it was regal it was classy it was their styles it was in their colors and they looked like winners i mean especially yeah. compared to fandango and i say that as somebody who likes fandango and uh, <laughs> but they he just had a look, you know, that was lesser uh-huh. than El Legato Fat Del Fantasma. They just looked like winners, and the look that they're getting across just can't be denied. It was no, uh, yeah. To your, to your point, they all looked like they were a unit, but they mm-hmm. all clearly had individual personality. So mm-hmm. it was so good, yeah. Oh, so good, so good. yeah. It was fantastic. <laughs> Throughout the entrance, not only their gear, but the logo. So I love how they all hit the but in overall, which wasn't easy. Not as cheesy as the entrance, that was super easy, but you know, we're going to what they uh, <laughs> but, uh You know, just, just having though that subtlety, but also the connection of, of a strong team is very apparent in just the short amount of time they've been uh, uh, a trio. So uh, mm-hmm. Yes, I think it's it's one of the strongest messages. And to be honest, I mean, I I just think that now the landscape of NXT has changed so much in just the past weeks that who knows what this means. I I am interested in seeing uh, possibly another match with uh, Legado or Santos Escobar versus Drake Maverick. But I mean, things have shaken up. We mm-hmm. this could go beyond the cruiserweight. Um, oh, I think and I it hope absolutely it does. will. I think this yeah. is the first stepping stone on his way up. Yeah, I, I you are a hundred percent right. I hope it does. I hope this is uh, the story of like the the upper mid card for months to come. Yeah, I really think it will be in it. Well, and not only does it elevate. Uh, Santos Escobar and El Legado del Fantasma, but it elevates the cruiserweight title. It wasn't as important as it could have been after the cruiserweight tournament. And, yeah. you know, I mean, like, it was I mean, it was just treated as lesser than. And the fact that it's being treated is a very big deal. Yeah, I um, agree. I'm excited. Oh, and at the end of NXT, uh, after the, the big win where we saw uh, Keith Lee celebrating at the end. From up above, they showed Karrion Cross and Scarlet looking down to kind mm-hmm. of set up the the beginning of a Karrion Cross versus Keith Lee match. And I am all in for this. I want to see these big... I don't care what title it's for. If it's just a, 
I, I just want to see these big guys throw down. Like, it's going to be so good. It, it will be. It'll be fantastic. Um, I, I do want to point out, because uh, I realized after we had discussed what the Wednesday Night Wars were going to look like, that we had, once again, kind of had a blind spot for a person who's a big regular and mm-hmm. is, a, is, a verified regular, is a verified lucha performer. Isaiah Squir- Swerve Scott also had a yes. match on Oh, yes. Yeah. Against Johnny Gargano. And uh, that, you know, and I think it's a perfect (laughs) match for him, a perfect spot. He did lose against Johnny Gargano. uh, And I think it's actually a big win for Johnny. I don't think Isaiah loses anything uh, with this loss because he was in the ring with a former NXT champion. So I hope to see more work out of of Swerve Scott and uh, hopefully more with Johnny Gargano because I think they had amazing chemistry in the ring. Yeah, I, uh, to I that did point, too. I, I like where he's mentioned that too. I, I, they could have just left him as a guy that is sometimes wrestling in big matches in the middle of the card, but they're putting him with the the one of the big names in NXT and letting him work with that, and I love it. Yeah, I, I think that the rub from that is going to be a big deal for him, and. It doesn't necessarily make him a main event star, but I think he could easily be taken quite seriously in the upper mid card, maybe the mm-hmm. North American title scene. Mm-hmm. I think he would easily yeah. pop right in there. Or even Absolutely. the cruiserweight scene, now that Fantasma's elevating it, like that would be yep. a great yeah. spot as well. He there's lots of things he can do. Uh and, and we I've seen enough of his work. He was one of our local champions for a long time. He's uh, obviously, I watched a lot of his work in, in Lucha Underground. Uh, he is fully capable of rising the occasion, whatever opportunity you give him. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what he does. Yeah. And once mm-hmm. the landscape of it has changed, as I mentioned, he is now both the Mexican and North American champion. And so that shakes a lot of things up for people on the roster. And so that is could be something Isaiah Swerve Scott can absolutely benefit from in the near future. And I, I love this time in NXT. I am so excited because <laughs> now, even though Adam Cole's great, the reign of Adam Cole is over. We have the reign of Keith <laughs> Lee. So mm-hmm. we, we may see him up against uh, Kim Cross. You know, what's going to happen to uh, Adam Cole? Uh, someone had mentioned a, such an awesome matchup idea, dream match book of uh, Adam Cole and uh, Santos Escobar. And that, oh, yeah. I think, is so oh, fun to watch. Wow. Yeah, I would yeah. love so, that. Right? So NXT is in some new territory, and, and I love it. So that it was a fantastic work. Five both shows this week, uh, NXT in particular, it's a new world. So I, I have to ask, uh, who do you guys view uh, won the Wednesday Night Wars based on these two uh, pay-per-view style weeks? <sighs> Oh, that's the kind of hard. Me, I, I think it was AEW. I I just love Pentagon and Phoenix, and uh, I love what they're doing with Britt Baker's character. I love seeing her extensive shoes, her flashy Nikes, usually <laughs> Jordans every week. I love the whole thing. Like AEW in general, like their presentation is just for me. Like that, I'm the fan. They're appealing. <laughs> I love everything about it, but that's, that's fair. 
Oh, but it's so hard. Like, yeah. if somebody I, asks which one of your pets is your favorite, you know what I mean? Oh, it's so like, bad, I'm a favorite, know. but I feel so, bad yeah. saying that. <laughs> no, you know what? In all honesty, though, I am. I feel like AEW is more my typical product, but I love NXT. In the match, Adam Keith, that, you know, I was a champion of these main Chris Jericho and, and Orange Cassidy, which is usually my aesthetic. The wrestling ability of two men was just I yeah. couldn't I couldn't stop watching. It was yeah. just for months. Like the wrestling mm-hmm. on there is so hard to so deny, good. even though sometimes stories are a little lacking or or not as entertaining. The wrestling uh, in NXT absolutely makes up for it. So I actually was a little bit leaning more toward NXT. I was leaning toward NXT as well. I felt like between the high caliber of wrestling that you were just talking about and the fantastic story building that they are doing with the other parts of the card, the ladies match, uh, the street fight, uh, all of that build up, would really build up story for me. And I am back to not wanting to, to miss out on a, on a Wednesday night. I want to, I, if somebody mm-hmm. asked me to come, come hang out with them online or play video games i'm going to be like no i'm watching wrestling and and that's where <laughs> i want to be right and so that it it got the edge because they got me in that spot where i can i don't wait until later in the night to watch the highlights or to to see what i i missed i want to see what happened and then uh go from there right yeah i mean it's too it's a rock spot, but good too good if you are like and they're both delicious. You can't both at the same time. So you just bite one and maybe bite the other. Yeah, I'm. Uh, we are. We are blessed to be in a time where we can we can enjoy both of them. Or uh, you can go to uh, Lucha Central's coverage of one while you're watching the other and not feel like you're making a thing. <laughs> brings me to the uh, to the Lucha Central commercial. If you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. A place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards, seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of all of that, it's LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. And it is that time of the week. It is this week in Lucha Libre history with Dusty. Yeah, it's time for this week in Lucha Libre history. Be sure to check in at LuchaCentral.com every single day for this day in Lucha Libre by Pep Carrera for information and amazing Lucha Libre videos. This week, I chose July the 8th, 1996. Rey Mysterio won his first WCW Cruiserweight Championship um, after beating Dean Malenko. And just a regular episode of WCW Monday Nitro at Disney MGM Studios in Orlando, Florida. And I vividly remember this match. I was 12. It was the summer I turned 13. I loved this match. Uh, In fact, just this year, I had a mask custom made by Romero, just like the mask he wore in the match. It's so memorable. The pink. If you've seen the mask, Match, like you know, but anyway, if you also if you've seen this match, you'll probably remember Ray's top rope splash dive, belly flop straight to the floor. 
uh, spots like that are why Ray has bad knees now. But at the time, <laughs> he just looked unstoppable. And you knew that it was just the beginning because he had that Genesequa that made him a star. And Eric Bischoff knew too, right around this time. And the same push was when he, when Eric was able to convince the tabloids that Jennifer Aniston was dating Rey Mysterio and that she hung out backstage at Nitro and it got printed in several tabloids and became an urban legend. And that's oh. where it all started was to make Rey Mysterio a star when he won the Cruiserweight Championship. So glorious. <laughs> I had to mention that since it was all tied oh my into gosh. The, to the push the for this match. The nays are crazy time. <laughs> <That's all laughs> How did you yeah, ever you, think that? Did, oh my gosh. You can Google Jennifer Aniston Ray Mysterio and it has like the article. You can read the whole story. It's pretty funny. That's great. <laughs> Uh, what did you pick this week, Brendan? Um, I went this week with uh, July 10th, 2010. What I have was uh, Mystico and uh, versus El Oriental in the finals of a uh, Ruleta de la Muerte. So those two together is not entirely surprising, but. Uh, <laughs> The Ruleta de la Muerte match, an interesting thing that could really only exist in the fantastic world of Lucha Libre because uh, it is everything. It is so much chaos. It is uh, you have you, you take two you take not two teams you take teams of uh, of of unlikely pairs. Uh, and I'm not going to try the Spanish on that today because I forgot to put that in my notes. But you have, so you have uh, basically a, uh, two guys that are feuding or have recently ended feuding put together on a team. They uh, are wrestling the other six people on the team. I think somebody even said there was a 16-team one. That just sounds like way too much. Oh, chaos. wow. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the the what make part of the what makes the tournament part of this you win your match you you get to bow out of the tournament you you are you're done and the losers move on to the next step of the bracket and so the teams the the team that wins the tournament part of this then face each other in a in a, in a puesta so huh. I right interesting yeah <laughs> so so Mystico. And Oriental lost enough matches to get to the final, and then they had to wrestle each other over who was going to lose their mask in this case. But it easily could have been a mask versus hair match or a hair versus hair match, depending on what teams went. Um, I didn't get the team breakdown, but there was Atlantis, Ultimo Guerrero, Olimpico, La Sombra, Volador Jr., Averno, Albrije, and Hysteria wow. were all in this tournament. So it was a fantastic yeah. event to be watching. Um, this was uh, this was a show that CMLL put on with uh, Promociones Gutierrez, and they were celebrating their first year of uh, of being in a promotion. And uh, with that kind of a stacked match, I'm pretty sure they had a long history after that. But yeah, uh, I when I saw that on there, I wanted to go in there and look more about more into the madness that is the Ruleta de la Muerte, and I do not regret it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to check that out. That sounds amazing. <laughs> All right, Miranda, what do you have for us? So I am predicting the future. Um, future, I mean the past. So it's, <laughs> it's a, you know, it, it is a back to the future timeline we have. Uh, when this episode airs, uh, it will not be July 
12th yet. However, I am picking July 12th of 1998, uh, which was when Eddie Guerrero won Chavo Guerrero Drew's hair in a hair versus hair match at oh. WCW's bash, <laughs> bash at the Beach. Oh. And this is what I vividly remember as a kid. Me too. Mm-hmm. And, and the effect afterwards. And I just, it was kind um, of WCW looking kind of weird, but this match in it of itself also reminded me of how entertaining um, both Chavo and Eddie were and how fans really liked them. They were so comedic throughout the match. And the and the fans were laughing. And I don't remember the last time I heard a collective group of people all laugh because something really that funny. Even now yeah. in, in matches, you can hear people laugh or, or promos people laugh. But this was just like it was it was very different. So also, uh, as as Brian Payne mentioned earlier, uh, a big shout out to a commentator who seems is very undervalued, Mike Tenet. I really love this team. Tenet, Bobby the Brain Heenan, um, and oh, wow. oh my god, um, oh wow, yeah, uh, he's a uh, oh my gosh, I solely skipped on his name. Um, a current commentator for a um, Jim Ross. Jim, oh no. Shivani. Uh, uh, Shivani. Tony Shivani. Yeah, Shivani. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ross was at WWE. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> they both three. Um, I love the way they were explaining Lucha Libre to Grow family, to fans. Because of the fact that WWE wasn't really. I mean, the rights and, and Lucha Libre was still very un, not very known to American audiences. I did love this match up on um, educating fans in what a hair versus hair match is and the legacy of the Guerrero family and what this means for the dynamic of the mm-hmm. family because that really helped build the story in and of itself. But Eddie just really playing that heel throughout the match. Um, yeah. Chavo uh, yeah. playing along with him, but also then Eddie being dominant throughout the match and Chavo getting some um, some shots in, but at the end, where, uh, the referee is distracted by and Eddie gets utilized for the roll up and wins. This, to me, also is that moment after this Chavo went on kind of loopy hill with his character. Um, that uh, that it, there's also kind of one of those moments where you realize a moment changes in a dynamic of a wrestler. And for me, this was actually a big one with Chavo, where you could see the wheels turn for him um, and mm-hmm. he changed who his identity was and his character as as a wrestler. So it this was just a lot of fun to match to watch. Classic Eddie Guerrero was both, you know, mm-hmm. being that heel, you cheat, you lie, you steal, but also really great wrestler. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I love this match when it happened, and uh, I'm going to I'm going to set the table for this, fans. Uh, we will be talking more about Mike Tenay's influence when more events happen in this day uh-huh. in Lucha Libre history. I I have some stuff ready for this because uh, he is 100% responsible for me getting into Lucha Libre with this this level of stuff that he did in WCW and the the reason so that they cool. brought him on. So they were there's a uh, there's big stuff ahead of that, and and I I, I love that that's what you caught on caught with that because I didn't remember this being a match where he did that, but it makes perfect sense that he would be talking about the history of the Guerrero family and explaining uh, the meaning of a hair versus hair match. And uh, yeah, I was so caught up in the match, I I don't remember that that was something that I probably learned from watching this match. So yeah, it, very it, the commentary cool. was more in the beginning. 
happening. Um, but that's why I think I cut it because while the match was happening, I lost a lot of the commentary because I was so focused in on the match itself. Yeah, luckily, it, it, those are key things. And you know what? That fair, it's been a while. Time. It's been a good minute since I've actually heard that particular commentary trio. Um, I remember it as a kid, and, and sometimes when you just go back to something that you haven't heard in a while, things come up and you start to remember things or listen to things that you didn't hear the first time around. Yeah, I, I might uh, go watch that match as soon as we're done talking, because uh, I really want to relive that now that we've uh, discussed it. Well, that yeah. is this week's Lucha Libre history. You guys can all go to luchacentral.com and the history category you can find each day in lucha libre let us know your thoughts what were some of your favorite days this week in lucha libre history and you know we're going to be back next with more of that of that but in the meantime we got a few more new snippets uh to share with all of you this week uh brendan is going to be telling us about uh, a change in i guess a family dynamic you would like to say uh, uh in lucha libre. I- so that is definitely a way you could put it uh there was a there was a and wonderful trend of uh fathers and daughters that was going on and for the most part it was it was a heartwarming thing you're seeing pictures of of like either proud biological parents or proud uh profes and and their their lady they they want to acknowledge and a very you know when we back to we've talked many times about the culture of that but unfortunately in all of that there was a little controversy as well um you had a picture of princessa azul and anibal junior um i i'm using the shortened more colloquial version of his name if uh, you want to there's a longer version of it uh, if you are <laughs> unfamiliar with the the, the wrestler i uh, will try and get that for you me or dusty here in a second but um so the the he saw a picture of the two of them playing around and he immediately demanded that it be taken down and more or less tried to disavow being in in father daughter or mentor student relationship with her and uh as the story gets more complicated and moves on people tried to press him for details and he was uh a little more hesitant to give out info and then eventually it became more alluded to that perhaps this was a business relationship or some other kind of relationship that was he was trying to hold up for uh for more collateral of some kind and uh so uh, I believe uh, she made a statement on uh, her social media saying that, uh, you know, she she had some, some strong feelings on this. She used uh, the hashtag um, no alakoso. Um, I'm no, murdering that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is related to the, uh, the the speak out movement we're doing, we're using in English. So uh, it, it's a very tense kind of situation. And I, uh, I don't have a lot more detail on it at this time, but I felt it was important that we bring this info out right now, particularly mm-hmm. in support of our own previous stories where we said not a lot of this coming out of Mexico. So it's important to immediately echo this, this trend right now. Thank you very much, Brendan. Now we are going to take a short break to feature one of our partners, thechairshot.com. 
Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And we are wrapping up the show. You have update on emotion talked about in the past week's Mission Pro Wrestling. Uh, Brendan, let us know what's what's new with Mission Pro. Uh, we've got a, a huge announcement. They have started with talent announcements, but uh, I'm going to let that kind of simmer for a week so we can give you a bunch of names for talent announcements. But they have also announced that they have a show date. They're going to have a show called Hell Hath No Fury. It will be Friday, September 18th uh, in... Uh, as they do are doing talent announcements, they, they will uh, also eventually be doing match announcements. But uh, very exciting to see that they have they have a date that is well into the period of time when Texas should be allowed to have at least small crowds. So hopefully we get a little bit of a crowd and some some television or some internet enhancement of this ma- this event. Uh, I am looking forward <laughs> to seeing it, but I don't think I'm going to be ready to fly to Texas yet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, not, not yet, unfortunately. Hopefully there's streaming options, but if not, I know that there's going to be, I'm sure, some great footage that gets online shortly thereafter. And for those of you who are Thunder Rosa fans, part two of her interview with the Masks, Mats, and Mayhem show is available on Central uh, through the Lucha Central Podcast Network. So uh, make sure to check it out, luchacentral.com. Also through the Lucha Central Facebook, uh, check out part two two of their interview uh, with Thunder Rose. Now, for the final story of the week, this is actually a few weeks old. However, uh, it's one that we wanted to talk about because as a podcast that focuses on Lucha Libre, one of the topics that comes up fairly often are masks. Lucha mm-hmm. masks. Uh-huh. And also uh, one of the, the great sponsors of Central .com is lucha slash dash masks.com uh, for anyone who's looking for some fashionable masks to wear out there that are face protectors very popular now um, but one of I know for me one of the first wrestlers that I was ever exposed to that wore a mask was the legendary Kane WWE uh, fame Undertaker's brother all, all of that mm-hmm. good sense uh, also known as, as Glenn Jacobs, he is now the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. And uh, a news story broke out several weeks ago, uh, and this reported all over uh, from both uh, sports outlets and news outlets regarding orders in Knox County. He's the mayor of Ms. Glenn Jacobs. Uh, Knox, the Knox County Board of Health, uh, in um, their right to uh, have a vote um, in order to mandate masks for anyone who currently inside or anyone inside buildings. Um, and there was a panel of eight individuals. The people on this panel is Mr. Glenn Jacobs, Kane, the guy in the mask. Uh, <laughs> the reason I keep emphasizing this mask is that uh, the votes for this particular mandate was a seven to one vote. And the person who voted against, the other person who voted against this mandate was the mayor of Knox County, Glenn Jacobs, also known as Kane, who wore a mask. I don't know, 20 years. I, I just, it was just something that, that uh, most of the news outlets picked up that his his wrestling persona, Kane, wore a mask indoors forever. Yes, he was actually being mean. No, 
yeah, being memed, if Kane can do 20 minutes in Hell in a Cell with The Undertaker, which is not an accurate thing, but that was still a meme that I saw in a mask, (laughs) then you can wear a mask while you go to the grocery store. That was the nature of the memes that were going on. And then he voted to not wear that. Yes. So strange, because like... Uh, I mean, I guess it's all about his libertarian thing and wanting a less intrusive government. But at the same time, like you think that like gimmick, brother, stick to it a little bit. You know, <laughs> where, where is my kayfabe? Yes, literally. <laughs> I mean, like, well, and he knows better than anybody how hard you can work in a big mask. So, like, he's right. the perfect person to say, yeah, wear a mask when you're out shopping. Yeah, he should absolutely be telling it's not that hard, guys. Like seriously, 100%. I I I came out and I did matches and there were fireworks and everything and I was breathing <laughs> just fine. He got burned. He got he literally was on fire. Yeah. Oh, that's Which right. Is... He did he did the inferno match while he was in the match yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, um. Also, uh, I to to further this point and to also go to your something you alluded to. There was another group of people that did a YouTube video of iconic masks and the cane mask was one of the top picks on that. So to, to what you said, Miranda and all of that, he is, he is very famous for wearing a mask. Like if you talk about Glenn Jacobs, most people are picturing him in the mask with a, like a red sweaty wig under it. Like that's. Yeah. <laughs> Those were the best years. Masks cane were the best years. Oh, we, definitely. I mean, yeah. They 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 it, tried to relive the magic by putting one on him with Daniel Bryan and Corporate Kane, but it was never the same because it wasn't the same mask. People love yeah. that that leather with the red and black, like that's classic Kane. Ninety eight Kane. That's how people remember him. There was a big thing last year on the video game. People excited that ninety eight Kane was on the new two K twenty game. So like that's that's Kane yeah. in so many people's minds. Yeah, it's a travesty that he turned his back on the mask wearing. Maybe, maybe he's just against it because he was convinced he was ugly all those years. He's still yeah, <laughs> I mean he's, he's not, not beautiful. Look, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not vain or anything. I'm not, not that kind of person. But less vain than me. Kane, apparently. Vain, there it is. There's there's another shirt for you to wear, Miranda. Yeah. That is this a little clap for you? That's a little clap of the day. And yes, if you want to get your mask, uh, especially, uh, you know, for uh, protecting your, your face, again, lucha-mask.com uh, is there for you. Um, and, you know, it is everyone's civil liberties, everyone's a right to do that. But, man, it is, it is almost feeling like Santa Claus ain't real when the man who's worn a mask for 20 years <laughs> vote against the mask. I feel like I was less hurt when I found out Santa Claus was not real. So I'm just going to take my time to process. Uh, it does. It feels like you've been cheated somehow. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the end of another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to us. Don't forget to visit luchacentral.com, which is your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. You can follow Lucha Central on social media at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram and at luchacentral.com 
on Twitter. Don't forget too, there is the YouTube page where lots of video content is available, including matches and interviews. Pretty much a lot of the uh, matches that we talk about during this week uh, in Lucha Libre history are available on the YouTube channel. Dash uh, and Dusty, can you let our listeners know where they can find you on social media? Yeah, I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy, all one word, and I am on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy. And I know you, you did the shout out earlier, but I bet uh, yeah, our listeners find you on social media. Uh, so I am 321 T-Shirt Guy on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, as I ha- will say every week, I am much more wildly available on Twitter. You will find me there quite a bit. Um, also, uh, in addition to taking messages for Miranda, I check our, our individual YouTube uploads as well. So uh, many of our uh, Lucha Central Weeklies are uploaded on YouTube. And Emmett Brown was at it again. He had a few more suggestions for trios names. So I'm going to oh, throw some excellent. of those at you guys right now. Um, right. El Trio Heat, Lucha Ooh. Talking About, the oh, Lucha Trio like Trio, <laughs> and Lucha Know About That. <laughs> Emmett, beautiful work this week. That's, I, I thought I gave my own little clap away, but uh, I have more to give. And, these, and yeah, Lucha Talking About. Lucha That's Talking About, one. Willis. <laughs> Man, wonderful names. We're still we're we're gonna kind of put out a call for other names, uh, just to be fair to some of our other listeners. But Emmett, fantastic work this week. Uh, please continue to keep on sharing these ideas. Um, and again, and there might be something in it for you. We, we are working on trying to uh, have a prize for the person who provides us with the trio's name that we do select. So please keep on giving your ideas suggestions you can give them on our youtube page uh shout out to our social media any of us or lucha central on social media don't forget to rate and subscribe subscribe whichever path you want is your choice I respect that but let us know what you think of our show subscribe so that way you're up to date on each episode that drops not only of just a weekly but the other podcast on the social podcast network uh, give us a rating just know what you think. give us your comments and feedback we would greatly Miranda Morales and for Dusty Murphy and Brendan Barr you all have a great week we'll be back next